You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and this is Pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to episode 152, part five. Part five, folks. All right. I didn't mean to go off on the tangent, but I think it's really important to try to think about that stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to always figure out where they're at with this. And I, and I don't think there's some kind of hidden technology we don't know about yet. Uh, I think we'd see it. I think we'd see it around. And it'd be very hard to hide it all. Because, again, it's, it's your neighbors, my neighbors. You know, maybe you. We're the worker bees building the system for them. And so if crazy uh, laser zapper poles were going up everywhere, I'm sure someone would be talking about it somewhere. It might not make its way over to the Internet or social media. It's definitely not going to end up on Fox News or MSNBC. But I think we would hear about it from somebody, from your neighbor. Hey, guess what I installed? A secret laser zapper that can kill people if they step on a line. I mean, I think we'd hear it from somebody. Um, all right. I'm going to start back again at the section infrastructure. We're talking again about the three major areas of action that can define the smart village vision for the digital transformation of our communities. So ICT, again, information and communication technologies infrastructure, is an essential part of achieving a smart village. Being the basis for smart community building, it relies on advanced systems for monitoring, collecting, storing, and transmitting information, including smart sensors integrated into the physical infrastructure. With its help, we can achieve real-time data processing. Then the data is transformed into information. And based on the information, authorities can make decisions. All right, that's what we talked about before the last segment. Investments in the development and upgrading of information communications technology tools can be made at the same time as investments in the underlying infrastructure. So let me just explain that. It says investments in the development and upgrading of the ICT tools can be made at the same time as investments in the underlying infrastructure. All right, we're talking about this from the smart villages, you know, the rural areas, the uh, counties. This is the same thing that you're going to see in all the Opportunity Zone stuff right here in the United States and the urban planning and development of smart cities and the 15-minute cities. They're talking about as they're making changes to the underlying infrastructure that would be physical and technological. All right. They can also make the investments in the development and upgrading of the ICT, the information and communications technology needed to run the smart city prison. All right. That's what they're talking about. And you'll see that if you go through all the opportunity zone stuff we started to introduce yesterday in episode 151. And I'll break that down eventually for you. But it's all being done at the same time. So they create the opportunity zone. 
In this case, it would be urban areas, but they're also going to go into the rural areas. And so we're going to update the infrastructure, build you new schools. We're going to put down new um, telephone lines, et cetera, et cetera. And at the same time, they're implanting all the sensors, all the smart prison planet tech. And that's probably what a lot of you are seeing go on in and around your cities and uh, communities, all the pictures and stuff you've been sending to me. goes on to say, the main components of the required infrastructure are cloud computing. All right, we've gone through that in great detail here at the Dust and Gold Standard, right? And I just explained it briefly in this episode. You know, the cloud is nothing more than a bunch of, just think about, Google has what they call server farms. So think about giant warehouses, you know, the size of, I don't know if you've ever seen an Amazon warehouse or the size of a Costco or a Sam's Club or a BJ's or whatever type of, uh, you know, club shopping you have around or a giant Walmart. And they're just filled up with computer servers. Just thinking of them, think of them as like, if you still have an old school computer tower at your house, these computer towers or computer racks, you know, just lining these warehouses from floor to ceiling, up and down, and each of them have hard drives, like I explained inside them, right? And they have all the data on them, all the data that's being collected from everywhere. Just think of Facebook, how many transactions go on every day on Facebook. All that data is being housed and stored. And then they have servers designated to run software that's computing it's doing all the work it's running everything through software and algorithms formulas calculations all right and then that information is going out through hardwired wi-fi cables and we're supposed to believe also going up into the air satellite to satellite right and that's how the information is being transmitted that's how you are uploading a photo from your phone into facebook and that ends up going out to the world and everyone can see it right so that's the cloud the cloud is nothing more than warehouses with servers inside them storing data and then it's sharing all that information back and forth all right so under cloud computing it says fast and cost effective acquisition of internet technology systems and services for all operations and creation of a database all right so the database is what I told you, just think of that in simple terms, like an Excel spreadsheet, right? And each of those little cells on the spreadsheet, or if you don't even know what that is, think of graph paper. And in every one of those little squares, it's storing a piece of information, right? And that's the database. And there's a whole database on Dustin and a whole database on Mike Moore and a whole database on Marie Albanese and a whole database on Every single thing you can imagine, there's a database, and then they need to store that up in the so-called cloud on a server, and then that all has to be extracted and run through calculations and algorithms and formulas, all right? It says a smart village portal platform. A smart community is a system that connects data and users and includes spatial temporal information, database, internet of things. All right. So what it's talking about there, this smart community, right, being this system here, 
um, where they're collecting all the data, they're storing all the data, they're connecting all the data, and then there's users, right? And then the ability to extract information and from the databases, and then they have the Internet of Things, which goes down to your phone. So you may be inputting data from your phone, and you may be taking out data from your phone. You upload a photo to Facebook, you take a photo from Facebook. Every time, I mean, not take the photo, but you're viewing other people's photos on Facebook. So stuff is coming in and coming out of all the Internet of Things devices. It says the Smart Village platform is an interface that serves as a medium for information exchange and connects with the user. All right. Again, they're talking about the Smart Village portal platform. So the Smart Village platform is an interface that serves as a medium for information exchange and connects with the user. With its help, we will communicate with users and provide services for smart applications. Now, I just broke this down for you in the form of Coral Gables, Florida. And there was a reason why I did that. There is a method to my madness. And I wanted to show you that because the Coral Gables portal platform you know for the city the village of coral gables is terrible it's not one system all right coral gables does not have let's say a facebook for coral gables and so you should be able in theory here i don't agree with this i don't want this i'm just telling you in theory you should be able to download the coral gables city application app onto your phone your iphone your android your tablet and access it via computer if you don't have those other devices right and in there there should be a menu a graphical user in your interface a gui gui and uh let's just say if i was designing it right it would open up and each of the services supposed services your interactions with the government would be represented by one icon so like when you open up your iphone or your android you see all your apps you know they're little icons the same thing would happen with the city of coral gables website or the smart village website or application you'd open it and you'd see the blocks and it would have let's say starting with city departments right so you'd have planning and zoning you'd have uh, i don't know parking tickets You'd have trash pickup, you'd have city water, you'd have city sewer, whatever it is, all these different things. And you'd be able to click into each one and then do whatever you're going to do. Submit your zoning application. Uh, And then on the other end, there wouldn't be a human. It would be run by AI. AI would be accepting the application, processing it, sending you your receipt, whatever it may be. That's what they claim they want. All right. I have not seen evidence that this yet exists because we looked at Coral Gables, the number one smart city here in America. They don't have it. What were they offering when we went through this in uh, painstaking detail here? Well, if you wanted to access the parking meters, you had to download a separate app from a third-party company that basically controls all the parking meters in all the cities in the United States. It's a private company. If you wanted access to uh, pay your speeding ticket or whatever, it's another app. If you wanted access to their free electric vehicle cab rides, it was another app. If you want to book a, I don't know, a scooter downtown, it's another app. See, that's not a portal. A portal allows you to do everything. Remember, I was even showing you on the website 
One of the things the city of Coral Gables offers small businesses like trying to get me to open up a shop on Miracle Mile, their shopping district. Uh, so I'm going to open up a bakery and I'm going to bake bread. Well, they say you can look at all the pedestrian data to decide uh, what are the best times to be open. When are people walking by your store uh, window, your storefront, your brick and mortar business? Are people stopping and actually looking at the advertising in your window? Well, remember, I clicked on to the data for the pedestrian data and it was linking me over to a third party company. That's this company who they're using to process the camera data to tell you how many people are walking and when they're walking. But it wasn't included in the Coral Gables app. In fact, the Coral Gable app, I think on Apple we saw, only had two reviews, which means probably 12 people downloaded it out of the 75,000 that live there. And they rated it like a two-star. It doesn't even work. Their website doesn't work. So the portal either... It's a flim-flam operation, and it's never actually going to exist, or they can't figure out how to actually build it because the IT directors of these smart cities and smart villages are jabbed up and have chemo brain. It was like when they couldn't build the website for Obama's Affordable Care Act. It still doesn't work great um, because I played around on there. So either they don't have the ability to build it, uh, they don't really have any intention of building it they're just going to install a bunch of high-end tech around you telling you the idea is you can interact with the city and do all these great things but you're not actually going to be able to because the whole idea of the portal is a lie so i haven't figured it all out yet but something doesn't smell right it's not actually working. When I get back, let me just explain that a little bit more before we move on to the next section, which is a smart administration, the e-administration. Because uh, I think some of this is mind-blowing when you actually try to work through it, folks. I'll be right back. This is Dust of Gold with the Dust of Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. And I am Dustin Gold. All right. So, so here's the issue that I have with all this. Many years ago in my former life, I think I was in my mid-20s. I opened up a little marketing and web business. I had worked for a company called Corporate Image. And what we did was we had uh, contracts with hospitals. We had contracts with universities, colleges, uh, corporate buildings. And we would go in and we would make them look pretty. All right, so Corporate Image had a framing department, old school framing, not framing an individual for a crime, but you know, cutting wood and making frames. And so they might do a lobby of, let's say, a corporate building or a law office or something. And we had catalogs. We could sit down with the client, pick out different prints. You could buy them in poster format. You could buy them in like 
G clay. It was like printed on canvas and they would use clear coats to make it look like it was painted or they could source like original artwork from local artists and we would frame them up put them in the lobby and then when i came in we started a custom department so you might want to do i don't know a glass sculpture or maybe you wanted a 3d sculpture or something in there we would do that. We could custom graphic design, you know, wallpaper for you. Uh, they had someone there who would source different pillows and blankets to go on the couches and different furniture. We did everything, right? We did everything. And so I left that company. I started my company and I did graphic and web and signage. So I would come in and really do all of your branding. So if you had a little office, you wanted your sign to match your website, your logo, uh, your interior, and your outdoor signage, I would do it all for you. All right. And so I had a, a client of mine, and he had a printing business. All right. His stepfather was big into Republican politics in the state of Connecticut. So they did all the direct mail campaigns for the Republican party and this this kid was a couple years older than me but he was running his stepfather's business and so he wanted to get into doing city websites all right so we started off with a couple of small towns where he knew the republicans and he did their printing for their campaigns all their direct mail and so we go in there and he starts wheeling and dealing and he gets us a contract to do a website for a city. Now, I had built a lot of small business websites. I had built some websites for some comedians. Uh, and I knew how to build a site. At the time, I was actually building on Joomla Content Management System. It was before I got into, into WordPress development. And so we sit down in this office, and we're in this conference room. And I always hated dealing with committees. I like dealing with one person, one point of contact. So we're sitting there. I'm, I'm with my partner at the time. And uh, they had a person from every department. And this was a small town. But I think there was about 10 people. All right. And so I'm supposed to be collecting information in this meeting. My friend had already done the sales. And I'm supposed to be collecting info from each of the departments. And I'm going to be building the database. And at this time, it was a pretty simple build. It was really an informational site. Meaning there was not interaction. All right. You weren't going to go look up. Uh, city planning and zoning permits and be interacting with databases you basically were going to get access to information and pdfs and everything you needed it was the beginning of the digitization of uh of, of local governments and you couldn't get into the cities because at this point there was already big companies doing this so we decided we were going to pick the low-hanging fruit. We were going to go after small little cities that didn't have million-dollar budgets. Maybe they had $10,000, $15,000, $20,000, all right? So I'm sitting in this office, and the next thing you know, I'm ready to smash my head with a ball-peen hammer because I just can't take it. Like one lady is telling me how she wants it this way, but then the other lady from another department wants it this way. And I'm trying to explain to them, we need to create one infrastructure. It's going to be one design. Everything's going to be the same. You guys need to decide on this. And it shouldn't be my responsibility as the designer who's going to put it together. I'm going to make my suggestion on how I think it's going to work best, how it will be streamlined, how it will benefit 
the citizens. And we're going to create one upload system for you guys to put all your documents in there. And it's going to automatically write the code and the links and how it's going to work. And so I present my solution. And of course, 10 people, everyone has a different solution. And we probably sat there one night. The meeting was at like four o'clock or something after City Hall closed. We were there until about 10 o'clock at night, walked out of there with no solution. So I said to my partner, I thought you already had this all sorted out. You said you did the contract. Yeah, yeah, I charged him. I I think it was $20,000. I said, $20,000, dude, we just wasted 12 man hours. I think back then for graphics work, I was charging $75 an hour. So right there was over $500, Right, five percent of my cut of ten thousand was wasted at a meeting where nothing was accomplished. I don't know what he charged. He did a lot of business consulting. He wasn't on the design side, um, so they would make money off printing. But he also did consulting for people. He was probably charging one hundred and fifty. Like he he went to Quinnipiac University. He had all kinds of degrees and stuff. I think he had an MBA from there. So anyway. I end up I ended up leaving the project like a couple weeks into it. I said, I don't want to build city websites. This is freaking impossible. Now, the Coral Gables, Florida website is frankly no different than the website we were building for that city. It's a static website. There's no interaction as far as I can see. And anything they're link, linking off to that has real-time data are just the portals provided by the third-party tech companies that are gathering the information for them, like the pedestrian and vehicular uh, cameras I was talking about. So it's not presented in any kind of graphical way that it benefits the citizens or the business owners inside Coral Gables, Florida. And I'll poke around and look at some other cities, but so far this is what I'm seeing. Now, if you wanted to build you know, a Google business apps, and I know a lot of you guys aren't probably familiar with that unless you have a business and you use it, a type portal, or you wanted to build something for the citizens that worked like a Facebook, all right, or pain.tv slash gold, right? I, I came up with that uh, architecture from Mike Moore a couple of years ago. So I, I know how that's all built. Um, I could have I could have built it. Um, they ended up building it themselves, but I came up with the design for it. And even that, you know, it's, it's a small business size application. It doesn't work how it should work for a city. The point I'm making is that for a city, whether it's the size of Chicago, Illinois, you know, or New York City with what, 19 billion or 19 million people living there, or whether it's for 75,000 people in Coral Gables, or whether it's for a village of 400 people in the middle of the mountains in Poland, who is building this system, right? If it has to operate like a Facebook, and I was just starting off with what Pain TV is, right? I would have this architecture. I'd have to get everyone in the city government to agree. I then have to go, folks, and connect every one of the data sensors, the software that we're using. So say we have 25 vendors that are handling parking meters, someone handling parking lots, someone's handling, I don't know, air pollution, someone's handling the, uh, AI facial scanning uh, cameras, 
someone's handling the city water. All these different vendors would have to have APIs, basically the ability to take, say, a female socket and a male socket and plug them in so that I can extract the data and pull it into my website and then deliver the data in the same graphical style that I'm delivering for each of the other 25 services. Do you know how many people work at Facebook to make the Facebook website work or work at Twitter? It's it's literally thousands of programmers and engineers are working on that. Where does a city the size of Coral Gables or one of these smart villages get thousands of people to work on that? Okay, where does a city the size of Chicago or New York City get thousands of people to work on that every day? My mother was on the startup team of Vonage. Do, 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 first VOIP, Voice Over Internet Protocol Company. When she worked there, she said there was a warehouse of roughly 300 programmers that were working on the customer side website for Vonage and the actual technology that made the phone work all day long, 24-7, 365. So where... Where are all these programmers coming from that are going to build a website like that for Coral Gables, Florida? Where? Where do they exist? How does this happen? It cannot happen. It is impossible. It is impossible. And then on top of it, if you take the director of innovation and IT for the city of Coral Gables, Florida, uh, Florida, uh, Ramundo Rodolfo, Right? Is that guy, I mean, I know he's worked in the private sector, and now all of a sudden, what he takes, I don't know what he makes, I could probably look it up, $100,000, $125,000 job with the city of Coral Gables. Is that guy even capable of leading a team? Is he COO material? He's leading a team of thousands of developers? What what are they going to spend? $150 million on an application? I mean, look, if you go hire a good app building company right now the last time i looked it up this is before people were kind of building their own a good app development company and it doesn't do all the things that a smart city portal needs to do they're charging you one or two million dollars to build a professional app to launch for your business so where's the city getting all the money from is there that much opportunity zone unrealized turn to realize gains floating around tax-free money to build the actual portal how is this working it can't work it cannot work there is only one way that this actually is going to work because for instance let's say i decided using my brain haha that's the missing piece the portal well maybe i can go to these cities and offer my services well i would need a team If I was going to do it on the cheap, like a paying TV style, I would need a team to get it done in any reasonable amount of time of probably 25 employees working on that one city's portal for about six months to a year to actually build it, to build it the way it needs to be built and achieve what they claim it's going to achieve, which is a streamlined connection between the citizens and the small business owners of the city and the government itself right? Minimally 25 people with me. So if I walked in the door 
you know, as a little local web developer, what I got to, I'll build you the city site for $25,000. It is going to be millions upon millions of dollars. And that's not even to build what should be the equivalent if you're moving into a city and you're going to download an app and it's going to work seamlessly. It should be the equivalent of going on YouTube or Facebook or Twitter. It should work just as good. But where are you getting a team of thousands of people? And then once it's built, who's actually maintaining it? Who is going to maintain it? Websites don't just maintain themselves. You know, when bugs come up, somebody has to fix them. And the person who built it has to be around because the architecture of building these things constantly changes. When I would build websites, even for small businesses, I used to have a document. In fact, when I built Douglas Dakotis, that was the show I was managing. I built his site. It wasn't super complex, but it took a couple months for one guy, for me to build it. We were able to stream videos on there. People could interact. We had a little bit of social media, not as much as uh, Pain TV does. But when I left, when we parted ways, I gave Doug and his wife a document with, I think, 40 pages. It was my uh, basically my Bible on how the website operates. If you have to go and hire another developer or you're going to bring in a new partner to manage it, this is everything they're going to need to know. These are the passwords and the accounts for the 25 pieces of software we use to make the whole thing work. Who's managing that inside of a government? How does that get accomplished? How is that going to get done, folks? What did they spend on the Affordable Care Act website? I'll tell you when we get back because there is something wrong here. Either this is a giant grift with no intention of ever building the portal or, and the goal is just to install the prison plan of technology that's going to be managed somewhere else. And this is how they're going to monitor the world. And there's going to be no interaction between the citizens and the so-called government. Or these guys are just stealing. They're just stealing. And the technology is just a grift like the green grift. When I get back, let me tell you how much it costs to build the Affordable Care Act website. And I'm going to explain one more piece of this to you. And then I'll finish up with this document because something is wrong here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 